I don't know where these titles come from. I mean, I assume they're translations from the original Japanese. But the ones I'm using were on the typed labels of the videotapes I had. And I love them! If the American show had done titles like Terror! The Six Shadows! It might never have been cancelled in the first place. A shadowy spaceship approaches Earth. And by shadowy, I mean that it follows the same baffling properties as the mysterious Scorponok, in that it's just always in the shadows, no matter where it is. Meanwhile, Wheelie and Daniel return home in the flying train, then catch a televised rock show in... New York? Tokyo? Some place where there are giant TV screens outdoors. The rock show is interrupted by a shadowy guy. Man, this show is lousy with shadowy guys. The Decepticon headmasters are playing poker, which seems kind of unfair since the Bat Dude has mind control powers. And Sixshot is hanging out by himself enjoying a tall, cool glass of Energon. Aw oh, man! Cyclonus has Scourge, the headmasters have each other, I guess Sixshot doesn't have any friends. That's kind of sad. Meanwhile, the Autobot headmasters are hanging out at the Statue of Liberty, and I swear they're engaging in some kind of degrading guy talk about R.C. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus, slow down, show! You're gonna give me a seizure! The Autobots work out that six different shadowy robotic forms have been spotted in six different countries. Wait, so it's Sixshot? Maybe he's angry because of the whole not having friends thing. Then Soundwave pulls the trick that he's been using literally since the first three-part story, having one of his bird guys hiding in Autobot HQ, then returning to him with some kind of vital intel. Hey, you don't mess with the classics, man. Sixshot says something about ninjas and dinosaurs, I think? Man, I envy Japanese eight-year-olds watching this show. Then he terrorizes some more Earth cities. Or maybe it's an imposter, I don't know and the train bots take Daniel shopping, which makes the headmasters very angry for some reason. This scene is worth it just to hear the word shopping three or four times. Apparently it's one of those words that just doesn't translate, which is a constant source of amusement to me. Daniel explains what a ninja is, which is another word that doesn't tran- Oh, right, never mind. And everyone works out that Sixshot can literally split into six different guys. How much sense does that make? All the sense! The train bots combine into a big guy- oh, so they can do something more than turn into a train that flies in space. Then he fights three-shot or one-shot or whatever this one is called, and he fights Trypticon. I think it's safe to say he may be a little outclassed in this fight against a giant dinosaur the size of a city and a guy who can change into six different things. Fortunately, the Headmasters are here! Now he has two cars, a plane, and a helicopter helping him. The day is saved! Buy Headmasters toys, kids! Oh man, this title is even better! We open on the titular planet, which doesn't appear to be in any kind of grave danger so far. And look, there's Vector Sigma doing... Vector Sigma-y things. Looks like this show gave a much clearer picture of what that thing was all about, which is kind of cool. And look! Soundwave's tape guys are up to no good again. Man, for a guy who died a few episodes back, he's really doing his part for the Decepticon cause. Galvatron daydreams about... <laughs> oh god, I need to get my shit together. <laughs> he daydreams about holding a giant sword that's bigger than he is. <laughs> oh Jesus, that's priceless. Meanwhile, on whatever the pink sky planet is, uh, the headmasters... hmm. So let's see what the Decepticons are up to. Oh hey, it's that mysterious guy that Galvatron calls Scorponok. Just step out into the light already! Blaster, in his hideous new color scheme, pulls some clever cassette spying of his own, which, in this case, means dispatching all of his guys to a spot about three feet away that he could easily see himself. Well, he's trying. The Predacons stand around fiddling with their guns for, like, a really uncomfortable length of time, then start shooting at some generic Cybertron dudes. 
Then Galvatron assembles the Stunticons and Combaticons. Man, say what you will about this show, but they're not just about the latest products. They managed to work in pretty much the entire toy box, which the American show never really did. On the other hand, nine episodes in, they're still making a really big deal of the heads-on thing. All those Decepticons make an assault on Vector Sigma, and the battle is so enormous that the animators have to resort to using stills. Hey, you guys got ambitious. That's a lot of guys and a lot of lasers. I'll give you a pass on this one. Blur seems to... Well, looks like he has to poop. So anyway, the Autobots send all of their guys to fight those Decepticons. This is a lot of fucking Transformers, guys, and I like it when there are a lot of Transformers. Though... Maybe this hold the guy in place while another guy kicks him lightly tactic may not be the most efficient. Oh shit, this fight must be serious. They let RC leave her chair and fight with the boys. That or she's there to make weepy comments about all the destruction. Damn it. Then all the combiners fight. All of them. Well, not Devastator. All the good ones. Galvatron and Rodimus fight bigger and better than they ever did in the US show. The headmasters switch heads again, which makes no more sense now than it did the other 30 times. And we end with some guys looking at some boxes. But this is part one. Maybe this box-looking action pays off in part two. The exciting conclusion, I hope. After some boring talk scenes, we return to the big fights. Bruticus and Defensor exchange trash talk, which I can only assume amounts to, you fight like a dairy farmer. How appropriate, you fight like a cow. Then Rodimus, wait, hang on. We never saw him get up from that fight with Galvatron. Cup, Blur, and RC were acting like he was dead. I mean, I know there's a language barrier and all, but even if they said, look, he's fine, they did it in a sad tone of voice and we didn't actually see him get up or even open his eyes. No time for that, though. We have to consult this map of them all. Let's see, we are here. The Decepticons take their boxes into a mysterious hole. Still not impressed with this particular plot thread, guys. Then one of the Autobot headmasters, it's hard to say who since they keep switching heads like idiots, puts his hands together, makes his Autobot symbol glow, and summons the others. Somehow. Magic. Shut up. Then they fight the two Decepticons guarding this clearly important hole. Galvatron, buddy, you brought literally your entire army to the planet. Why the hell do you only have two guys guarding your lame mystery hole? This is a Megatron move, and I thought maybe you'd learn a lesson or two since those days. That was fairly evident to me when you killed Starscream. Anyway, now we're in one of those pipe levels. <laughs> on the surface, oh man, there's Devastator. I bet he loses. The Bat Guy is attacked by bats, which I guess is ironic or whatever, but his hilarious pratfalls lead him right to Vector Sigma, which, from what little dialogue I've been able to pick up on, is what they were after all along. Then he sets up the- Oh, they're bombs! Bombs are the least boring kind of box, I take it all back. Hard Brain, or Dome Brow, or whoever, tries to remove the bombs, but I guess they're stuck there with crazy glue, which you'll remember is strong enough to hold a man suspended in midair. Blah blah, talking scene, blah blah, another talking scene, does all of this really qualify as grave danger? Holy crap, they blew up Vector C Holy crap, they blew up Cybertron! I mean, the actual planet appears to be there still, but it's pretty clear that it's nothing but ruins now. I mean, more than it was before. Then Rodimus just... leaves. So many unanswered questions. Why did Rodimus leave? What was all that about with Galvatron and the sword? Okay, two questions. Friends, fellow nerds, anyone with even a passing familiarity with Star Trek. On the first weekend of March, that's the first, second, and third, 
my podcasting co-host Matt Robotham and I will be manning a table at the Emerald City Comic Con. More importantly, we'll be conducting an official con-sanctioned panel for our Star Trek-based post-atomic horror podcast. This will be the first time I've officially been asked to perform comedy before a live audience. It's kind of a really big deal. So if you can make it, the panel is on March 3rd at 2 p.m. in room 2AB. We'll be at table 006 all weekend if you'd like to come shake my hand or correct me on some nitpicky detail or whatever. Please, come support us!